All right. How many brought your Bible today? Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1 and 2 Corinthians 5. And let's get into some word today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together now. We believe that you're at work in our lives and in our midst. And so as we approach your word, we ask that you'd open it up to us. May the veil be pulled back that we can see and understand and know more and walk in your will and your ways. Lord, may revelation, knowledge, and understanding come to every heart and mind today. We purpose to be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Right. We're not just doing religious service here where we're just paying our dues, coming to church and listening to an outstanding message. Uh, <laughs> but we are here with a heart intent on putting into practice whatever the Lord reveals to us. Amen. I mean, no, that Bible says that person is blessed in what they do. That person is blessed. And just being in church doesn't make you blessed. Amen? Except for you're around some really nice people. <laughs> All right, let's read Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Do we have any justified ones here today? This is instruction for you. You want to be a doer of the word? You are to live by faith now, okay? It's not the way of the world. It's not the way of our lives, B.C., but it is the way of the child of God that we are to live not in accordance with what we see and feel, but by faith. We believe and act on what God has revealed to us about his will, his character, his, his plan, and so forth for our lives. So let's say that out loud together. The just shall live by faith. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 is a, the same principle here in a different context. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So we see the contrast there that it's by faith and what it's not by. So I know what it means to live by faith. It means that I don't live by sight. Okay, and again, that's the natural way of our flesh. It's the natural way of humanity. We want to we do things in accordance with what we see and feel, but the Lord has called us to something better. It's a better way to live. It, 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 is, a, it is a higher way of living, and it enables us to do things, to receive things uh, that are not available to the person who just lives by sight. Really, in whatever you do in your life, whatever you do, in business, in family, in church and reading the Bible, and of course in prayer and things like that, faith makes it work better. It does. You and I have a huge advantage over most of the world. The majority of the world who just goes through their day doing what they do by sight. Amen. Praise God. You can be a better mechanic by faith. You can be a better uh, accountant by faith. You can be a better dentist by faith. Doesn't mean you don't actually use your eyes looking at the, te the teeth, but you know, <laughs> you can be a better Christian <laughs> if you will approach your life by faith. All right? It is God's plan to make things work better, it is God's plan to prosper. 
It is God's plan to, to give you long life. It is God's plan to give you joy and peace throughout your days. And they are all accessed by faith. Amen. So we've been in this series for the last couple months now, living by faith. The Lord dealt with me specifically to teach on this. And I know that he, he did that because we either are in the midst of, and I say we, individuals within the we, we're in the midst of stuff that we are needing to overcome, and this is the way to do it, or, and or, we are going to have opportunities to use our faith to, um, to do two things now, really. Faith does two things. One, it obtains, it, it, it allows a person to receive what God has freely given. How many understand just because God has given something doesn't mean we have it? Hmm. I mean, salvation is given, right? It's given to all. It's given to the whole planet. But not everybody has it. Not everyone's going to heaven. Why? Because what God has freely given must be accessed. It must be received. Amen. Hebrews 11 talks about how that we obtain promises by faith. God promises. He provides. But then we obtain it by faith. Okay. Here's the other side. Faith also is, is, uh, is a repeller. Remember... Um, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, it speaks about the shield of faith, that when we'll put up the shield of faith, we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So what does faith do? It brings things to me, and it keeps things away from me. And both are vital. Both are necessary in this life. I need the provision of God, and I need to block certain things, because there's a lot of junk in this world. And there is a devil, a real live devil who hates us, wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but we've been given a shield. And if I know about that shield, he comes anywhere near me, throwing his fiery darts, whether temptation or attack or whatever it is, I just put up my shield. I'm not worried if I have a shield. And if I don't have a shield, I'm in trouble. But thank God I have a shield. Amen. And if God has provided me everything, his kingdom, all that he is, but I don't have any way to get it, well, that's a bummer. But thank God I do have a way to get it. I do have a way to receive and a way to keep things away from me. Now, this same principle works in, in the reverse, all right? It's possible for a person to attract and to draw to themselves negative stuff, attack, curses, junk in the earth, and to actually repel blessing. Because faith works both ways. See, if I have my faith in the wrong thing, if I'm believing the contrary to what God has provided and said, then it actually pushes away God's blessings and it invites negative stuff. All right? And so I've got to have my faith in the, in the right thing. Really, when you talk about unbelief or disbelief, you know, we're designed to believe. Your heart believes something. What that really is, is, for, is usually it's just believing in something opposite of what God has said. And what's that called? That's unbelief, but it's still belief. It's just, it's like an undermining belief. It's God said, I'm going to give you this, and we believe that it didn't work, or it's not given to us. That's unbelief, but it's belief. And so we've got to have our believing correct in the right things. I can draw the blessings of God and repel attacks of Satan, or I can do the opposite. I can draw attacks and curses and repel blessing, and uh, it, that's really up to me. But think about it. When you think about some of the opposites in life, do you have faith for healing or sickness? 
do you know do you know it's possible to have faith for sickness and disease oh yeah there's a lot of people they go through life expecting it oh yeah to get a negative report something's wrong with you you're going down i knew it <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> You know, do you have faith in God's provision or do you have faith in, in lack? So do people really have faith for poverty? Yes, yes. And God designed our heart to where whatever it would believe, those things would be drawn to it. Amen. Do you have faith for joy or sorrow? Which one? Well, I'm sad. <laughs> do you have faith for... Uh, you know, things like direction, clarity, or do you have faith for confusion? And, and I know some of us have probably never thought about some of these things, but people are, even, even Christians are, they're, they're uh, exercising faith for the negative. They're believing for, even though they wouldn't say, I prayed for it, you know, Lord, give me death and confusion and sorrow. They wouldn't pray for it, but by their believing and by the words that come out of their mouth, they are definitely bringing it on. And we can do just the opposite. It's a choice we have, and that's by believing the right thing. We can repel a lot of this negative junk. Faith is not negative. It does not complain. It always has an expectation of good. It loves to rejoice. All right? Do you have faith? Do you have a general overall expectation in your life? As you get up in the morning, go through your day, that good things are going to happen to you. you listen, pe a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. It's, it's entirely possible just to live your life with an expectation of favor, an expectation that things are going to work out. Where a lot of people, they exercise faith in things like Murphy's Law. They do. They say it. They believe it. They're not surprised when it happens, when, when things just fall apart. And, uh, you know, they buy something and it breaks. And they, they go to the restaurant and they get, get food poisoning. And, and uh, you know what I'm talking about? And they buy something and then it goes on sale the next day. And, and they say these things and it's just like, ah, you just, you just can't get ahead. You know, what can you do anymore? <laughs> you can believe. You can believe God, that his promises are for you, that he is for you and not against you. You can believe that, that, that he has your goodwill at heart, and, uh, and you can actually draw what he has promised into your life to be a, a living reality. Isn't that good news? Praise God. This is available to every one of us. And I want to get into a couple things here today. In fact, actually four things of what we are to believe. All right? Four things what we are to believe believe. We, we've identified in the past already in this series that our belief in God is not simply to be um, super generic, I just believe in God, or something I believe that God is, uh, things like that. But we need to be specific in our belief system to say, not only do I believe God is, but I believe this about Him. I believe specifics about the Lord. And so, this, number one is kind of what we've shared already, but number one, I must believe in what God has said. I must believe in what God has said. Not just I believe in God, I believe what He said to me. I believe what He said about me. I believe what He said about my future. That is the beginning of a faith life, okay, believing in what the Lord has said. Now, when you get into that, and we, we shared with you some last week about 
the word confession, mean, meaning to say the same thing as and how we're supposed to get God's word in our mouth. Let me say something else about that for a moment. You got to watch out about not being too legalistic with it, all right? Because when we say you must say what God has said, uh, what translation? Say, well, no, I believe in saying it exactly as the Bible said it. <laughs> Which Bible? I mean, no, Jesus didn't speak English. So, and so you're not going to say it exactly the way Jesus said it. Not in our language, you're not. <laughs> right? What, what the, what's the point? The principle is I need to understand what God is saying. Not necessarily verbatim get uh, every scripture exactly right because again we have various translations that have different words and we must understand the principle the concept the truth the promise when I understand that that needs to be in my mouth that's what I purpose to believe everybody with me now so what we're seeking is not just a rote or a memorization of something I'm seeking understanding of what God wants to do in my life of what he has provided for me then out of that I speak, out of that I say. And so we are to believe, number one, uh, in what God has said. Let me remind you of Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 that we studied already. It said, uh, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So again, it's only by our knowledge of God's promises. I know what he has promised me, then I can have faith in that regard. Okay, if I don't, you can't have faith beyond knowledge. So I don't know what God has said. I don't know what he promised me. Well, it's impossible then to live by faith in that area of your life. It is possible to have understanding in one area and be doing well, be living by faith, but have no understanding in another area that pertains to your life. Therefore, you just will not be able to live by faith in that area. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay, so number one, in what God has said. Number two, um, we must have faith in the power of God. Do you see how this is specific, and it's not just faith in God? The Bible tells me, look, look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You're not far away. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. If you don't have a Bible, of course, you can look with us on the screen or look on with somebody else. But it's a good practice, a good habit. Some of you uh, do the digital thing, the high-tech Bible study, including some of the staff. <laughs> uh, whatever, though, it's, it, it's helpful to look at these things and, and know where they're at. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, Paul wrote here, and my, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Is, is that the same way it's supposed to be today? Are we supposed to be all talk? No, we're supposed to be talk in demonstration. Words, reasoning, yes, words from God and power of God. You as a child of God have the potential to be a power source, a power vehicle to people around you. Paul said, I didn't just come and preach to you, I showed you God. I just, just didn't just come with a good argument. I come with some demonstration of power. Look what he said in verse, four, verse 5. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
That's interesting. The Bible tells us very specifically, don't just have faith in God. Have faith. Now, that, that's true. But specifically, have faith in his power. Well, why? Because his power will not go to work in my life unless I have faith in it. Do we believe that that was necessary? Did Paul tell him this because it didn't matter? Well, you know, you can have faith in his power or don't. It's not really going to make any difference in your life. No, my knowledge of the power of God will enable the power of God to work in me, to work through me. But if I don't know that, I can't have faith in his power. Praise God. I just have faith in God. Good. Good starting point. But we should have faith, again, in <laughs> the power of God. All right? And uh, faith in the power will enable the power to work in your life. Let's go on to number three. Number three, we need to have faith in what we, that what we say will come to pass. This is specific now. My believing is not just believing that God can do it or that God will do it or in what God has said. The Lord shows, shows us specifically that we are to have faith in what we say. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. And take a look at that. Do you think this would be necessary and helpful to us? Oh, oh, absolutely. Again, none of these things are in here because they don't matter. Well, if you know this or don't know, it's not really going to affect you. If you do it or don't do it, it's not really going to make any difference. No, it makes all the difference in the world. And, and these principles here, this one and, and the next one, point four, are things I love to share. And I share them as often as I can squeeze them into a message. Because I, partly because I see so many people missing it in these areas. And it's, it's, it's rampant in the body of Christ to misunderstand spiritual principles and, 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 and faith and truth. And, uh, and we can correct that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. God's helping us. Why? If I don't have what he has promised, that needs fixed. If things are coming against me and I am not overcoming, that needs fixed. Can we see that that's a problem? It's a problem not only do we recognize that, the Lord recognizes that. Yeah. And so he, he, in his grace and love and mercy, he helps us to see these things. Mark 11, verse 23, says, For assuredly I say to you, well, let's go to verse 22. Why don't we do that? It's close. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Is that a good word? Have faith in God. Then he explained, though. It's not just have faith in God, period. He explained what faith in God looks like. Now, this is amazing. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So are you saying we're to have faith in what we say or have faith in God? Yes. If I have faith in what God has said, then I must believe that what God said about my faith in what I say is necessary. So really, when I have faith in what I say, I am having faith in what God says. Because that's what he said. Hmm. But too many times... People approach 
uh, let's use the illustration that Jesus used. They approach the mountains in their life. Now, that can be a literal mountain, but I don't think it was the Lord's intent that we all re-landscape the planet, right? I think it's probably more a figurative statement, although it does work physically, but uh, a figurative statement to uh, deal with things that are obstacles in our lives, challenges, things that need to be removed. Too often, we get into the rut where uh, whenever there's a challenge, I'm going to pray and ask God to do something about it. But you know, the Bible didn't say that if you have a mountain, you should pray and God will move it. People sing songs about it, God moving the mountain. <laughs> the Lord, he's a mountain moving God. But yet Jesus said that we are to speak to the mountain. He didn't say we're to pray about the mountain. Oh, Lord, I got this huge mountain in my life. I've got this huge obstacle in my life. Please take it away. Where did he tell us to do that? Oh, and we get people around us. Pray. I mean, I'm being attacked. You need to pray for me. No, 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 no. You need to speak to your mountain. Amen. There's an old saying that goes like this. Don't talk to God about your mountain. Talk to your mountain about your God. And, and so, see, we haven't recognized that this is one of the arenas of faith and how it is exercised in the just person. It's not just that we are trusting God to do everything. We are taking God and His Word even when He told us to do it. And some supernatural, amazing things will happen in your life, not when God comes down and decides to move, but when you decide to take God at His Word and say, I am speaking to my mountain and I'm commanding it to be removed. Amen. And a lot of things, they're just not going anywhere. You can call every person you know to pray for you, but until you stand up and say, Mountain, giddy up and get out of here in Jesus' name. And it's not going anywhere. Amen. But again, what did the Scripture say? He didn't say, if you will believe what God said would come to pass, you'll have it. Are we saying that's wrong to believe what God said? No, this is a part of believing what God said. He said, you must believe whatever you say. It's not just believing that what God said. It's believing what we say will come to pass. And I, I know this can almost sound arrogant to some people who don't understand the principle. When we believe things are going to happen just because we said so. But you need to have a little backbone in your life too. And say, bless God. My family is going to be victorious. My business is going to succeed. My church is going to grow and reach the world. My, my, my body is going to live long and be strong. Say things with boldness and confidence. Why? Because Jesus said, you get what you say. So what if the Lord says something different? I can override the Lord. He's given me that right. You saying if the Lord says you you're going to live long, but you say... But you say, you're going to live short? You're going to live short? Exactly. The Lord did say we'd live long. He did promise us a well, a long and satisfying life. But too often people are cut short and they're miserable because that's what they say. And just pray for me. Well, prayer's not going to do any good. You know, uh, 
in Mark chapter 5, just a few chapters uh, before this, there was this woman that came up behind Jesus. She, this was a woman who was sick. She, she had a blood problem. She was bleeding for 12 years. And uh, she spent all of her money, was getting worse and worse, until one day when she heard about Jesus. And it changed everything. And, uh, and, and, and she, uh, she couldn't get better anyway, but she heard about Jesus, the healer. And it's interesting what she said. I don't want to take time to go through the whole story. But it said in Mark 5, 28, it said, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. What happened there? She said. Do you know what she got? She got exactly what she said. Not what the Lord said, what she said. Amen. She didn't get, the, Jesus didn't seek her out and find her and say, daughter, be healed. No, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And she did it. And she pushed through and she reached out and touched. And, and it's interesting, she didn't even ask. Sometimes people think, what if I ask God to heal me? And he says, no. Then don't ask. <laughs> Just go and get one. You can sneak up and grab it. <laughs> I mean, we, now honestly, we know the truth is God's not saying no concerning those things. Otherwise, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have put sickness on Jesus if he wanted to put it on you. That'd be double jeopardy if we both have to bear it. Right? Jesus took it for us. But I find it interesting. She had faith. In the power of God, in the healing, miraculous power of Jesus. And she went ahead and, and what also she had faith in was her own words. She believed that what she said would come to pass. This, this scripture is um, said this way in the Amplified Bible. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. So it shows us that the language really tells us it wasn't something she just spouted off once and then went her way. No, she kept saying, if I can just get in there and touch his garment, man, I'm going to be healed. This thing, this 12-year-long sickness is going to be over. As soon as I get in there and touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get in there and touch him, I'm going to be healed. And it built up inside of her, and she pushed through the crowd and got it. Exactly what she said. Do you think that principle works for us today? Well, of course it works for us today. She wasn't even born again. <laughs> And she was able to access a miracle for her own life by what she said. But too often people are doing the opposite. I'm waiting on God to do it. I'm just praying that God, everybody pray for me. Y'all pray for me. Pray that this thing will be removed from my life. No, do what Jesus did. When he spoke to the fever, he commanded it to leave and it left. He spoke to a fig tree. He was annoyed at it for not having figs. Fig tree died. And in the context, he said, if you will do that, the faith of God will work in you. And the same thing will be true. She kept saying this. This is a good question for us. What do we keep saying? What, what have you been saying for years about your own life? About your future? About your family? About yourself? About, uh, 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 about all the things that pertain to you? See, we are creatures of habit. And one of the things that works, that can be positive and negative, sometimes we get in a habit of speaking death and junk for years. 
And we say things, we, our parents said them, and we said them, we say them, and our kids are starting to say them, and, and, uh, and we got to watch that. Because isn't this what Jesus taught? That if you would do it, you'd get it. If you would say it, you'd get it. But it's vital that we have faith in our own words. You know, one of the things that undermines that is lying. Do you know that you can't have a, a life of faith and be a liar at the same time? Why? Well, if, if a person tells lies, they know, their heart knows that they're not truthful. In other words, they do not believe the things that they say. If you're going to receive from God, and if you're going to repel attack and junk in this world, you must believe the words that you say. You can't be bending the truth. You can't be, well, if I just kind of shade this a little bit, I'm going to get out of a lot of trouble here. Or it's, it's gonna, if I tell the truth in this situation, it's going to cost me some money. Listen, if you don't, it could cost you everything. Because you don't know what's coming up, and you're going to need your faith to be functional. You're going to need to have belief in your own words to where you say it, and it comes to pass. Can you see that that is faith in God? So, man, you kind of act, sounds like you, you want us to act like Jesus. <laughs> you ever heard someone say, you're just acting like God. Well, who do you want me to act like? Is there a better example? You got someone else I should pattern my life after? No, we're supposed to be imitators of God, right? We're supposed to be like Jesus. And so if anyone ever gets accused of acting like God, say thank you. Appreciate that. That's my goal. Yeah. And do you think the Lord's pleased with that? Absolutely he is. When he sees his kids following in his footsteps. You see, God, reason he's so powerful is because he's so truthful. Reason he can speak and by faith create worlds. Create life. Just like that. Well, he never, ever, for a moment, ever is deceptive or deceitful. He never lies, never shades the truth. He believes that his words will come to pass. And he has whatever he says. And Jesus taught us that we should be the same way. Amen. We get whatever we say. All right, number four. Everybody ready? Number four, Jesus taught us here in the same passage that we must believe that we receive. All right? So our faith is in what God has said. It's in the power of God. It's in the words that we speak, that they will come to pass. And then lastly here, that we receive. Let me show you this. This is the very next verse, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice the faith, the faith that he's talking about again is not just generic, just believe in God, just believe in something. No, specific. And, and I see people skipping over this all the time. That's why I love to share it. He said, believe that you receive. Is that different than believe that God's going to do it? That's completely different. And too often, people pray, and they think they're doing the right thing. They say, I believe God's going to do it. 
I believe God's going to heal me. I believe God's going to provide for me. That's not what he said to believe. That is believing. It's just believing wrong. Can we say that? It's believing in God and it's believing wrong. It's believing wrong. Yeah, yeah. He didn't tell us, when you pray, believe in God. Or believe that God is going to do it. He didn't say that. He said, believe that you receive. The uh, New International Version even uses the past tense of that word. And I believe that's accurate in the original language. It says, believe that you have received it, that thing that you asked, and it will be yours. Does that help? See, this is, this, is, this is a vital truth to make someone's prayer life effective when praying the prayer of faith. Not, again, just believe, I mean, that, that something will happen, but I must believe that it did happen. One of the problems that happens in a person's faith life is the whole time element. It's the tense thing. It's pushing into the future what God said should be in the present. Does everybody see that? Hebrews 11.1 1 said, now faith is. Not going to be. Not off in the future. Is. I must learn to take what God has promised me and bring it into a present tense reality and saying, I believe that I have it now. I believe I got it when I pray. Now, understand, I can't believe that if I don't believe that when I asked, God gave it. How can I believe that I receive something that I don't believe God gave? So without even saying it, how many know the, the notion that I'm going to pray to God for something and He's going to say no? Can't be. Because if God says no, it's impossible for me to believe that I received it and I can't even obey that verse. It's kind of written with the assumption that when you ask the Father for something, He says, yes. Yeah, He says yes. And because I know that now, my faith is not trying to work on Him. Where I pray, I did my part, I prayed and asked, now I'm waiting for God to do His part. And as soon as God does His part, then I'll be good. See what we're doing here if we, if we approach it that way? Look at this verse. Between the commas. We're skipping over that. Whatever things I ask, and I will have them. That's the way many people think that prayer and faith works. I ask, and then I have. No. I ask, and I believe that I receive, and then I have. How many see the have is talking about the physical realm? The have is talking about I can see it, I can feel it, I can use it, I can drive it, I can live in it, I can spend it. You know what I'm talking about? It's something that I have. If I don't get to the part where I believe that I receive it from the Lord, I never get to the have. And that's what has left a lot of people's prayer life in just in, in cyberspace somewhere. They asked and I'm just waiting. I don't have it yet. That's because you didn't believe that you got it. That means it kind of goes like this. I pray, I ask, and at that very moment, I believe 
that God heard me, answered me, gave it to me, and I received it. Then, only then, will I have it. I'll only have it if I already got it. You have to get it before you get it. It's essential that you get it before you get it. If I don't get it, I'll never get it. <laughs> Amen. I must get it. And then it's only a matter of time. And in time, I mean five seconds, you can see the last part of that. They will have them. That is future. How many know five seconds is future? So, uh, but I, I don't ever get to that part. I never get to that I shall have it unless I believe I receive it. So specifically, when we pray, what do we believe? That we receive. So do you have it? Yeah. You've got, it's kind of like the pregnant woman. When a, how many pregnant women? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, when a woman first gets pregnant, she doesn't even know it. Lady, 